It's not a surprise to anyone in cybersecurity that there's a shortage of skilled talent. So how are some organizations trying to make the most of the skills they have while bolstering their security operations and their cyber threat hunting capabilities? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Mitch Thomas, Chief Security Officer of Encompass Health, a Birmingham, Alabama-based provider of post-acute healthcare services. Mitch will be describing to us how his team is building an autonomous security operations center to address its cybersecurity skills shortage. So, Mitch, tell me a little bit about the autonomous security operations center that you're building. What's involved, and how does this compare with your previous SOC? To get a better understanding for our drive to an autonomous security operations center, let's first explain kind of the challenges that we have from a traditional approach with a security operations center within a large organization like ours. So first we have kind of a strategic level concern. So we're kind of forced with a number of challenges such as staffing. Finding people with the skill sets and and interests necessary to kind of read the digital tea leaves, per se, and be successful at executing within a SOC is a real challenge for us here at Encompass Health. To really kind of see that and put it in perspective, I think uh, one of the references I have is a recent Information System Security Association study It said 70% of my peers have the same challenge. We're impacted by finding security talent. That shortage not just here in Birmingham, but across the country and the globe. So within Birmingham, it's even more of a challenge finding people with basic skill sets, again, to read those tea leaves. Uh, Then there's a challenge of retaining the talent once you find it. So in my two and a half years here at this organization, I've actually kind of rotated my Tier 1 SOC analyst two times fold. So I've had to find talent twice to replace those folks. Once these people are fully trained, you know, their skill sets operate to operate efficiently uh, are highly sought after. And then that kind of starts salary wars and rotations here within the local area. So it's a real challenge for us. Then there's managing costs. So financially, we're challenged with the cost of maintaining a 24 by 7 SOC. The threats don't take vacations. They don't stay within business hours. We have to function around the clock at pretty much our highest efficiency all the time. So how do we expect to do this or have the support of the executives when the security budget is a direct negative on the ledger and we don't really have any expectations of revenue generation? So that's a big challenge to us. And we're also faced with the cost of providing standard point solution products out there. So the whole barrage of a security stack and everything you have to buy to keep current with the threat it is a real challenge to us. In the last three years, we've pretty much doubled our security budget and our spend here within Encompass Health. So it's a real arms race against the threat and something that we just are challenged with sustaining. From a tactical perspective, we have what's called a hybrid SOC. Uh, right now, we have a small group of two folks that make up my Tier 1 security analysts. They're dedicated to receiving organizations and analyzing events, kind of the front lines of identifying some of that threat. And they're supported by a couple of managers that constitute my Tier 3 support. So we have a, a few other security admins in that mix, but really we have a small team that's dedicated and on 24 by 7 call response to deal with these threats. So that's, again, a challenge from a tactical standpoint. In addition to this, we have a managed security service provider right now. And due to the cost of that, we have to scope that effort. So that's focused around all of our critical assets, and they collect all our logs and do the traditional SIEM analysis 
But again, that goes to my Tier 1 SOC guys here for actual execution and process. So all that workload comes on, on the small group that we have. I'm always in the hunt to try and look at innovative solutions to help us solve these problems. And JASC is one of those innovative technologies that I think is working to solve the problem and fits within our business vision by focusing on what's actually needed from my perspective, and that's one to help optimize our SOC efforts through automated response to the mass majority of daily incidences that we have. Offloading that would be a huge savings. And two, reducing the need to maintain a highly skilled workforce. So folks that I do keep, I'm able to pay a little bit better salary, and they can manage those things from a higher level. And then three, helping us analyze our data and provide predictive analysis as opposed to the traditional defense response. So, Mitch, you mentioned a little bit about the uh, technology. It's from JASC. Tell us a little bit more about how you're using this technology in your SOC. You mentioned it's it's a hybrid SOC, and I understand that it's freeing up your SOC analysts. What does this mean in terms of the sorts of activities that these analysts now can be involved with, and how does this improve your security posture at Encompass Health? And also, how big is your SOC team? So we have very much a traditional SOC methodology. The the total SOC team is about four folks. So we have the two Tier 1 analysts, and then we have two Tier 3. They're they're really kind of my managers here. So one manages a SOC, and one's the director of security here. So that makes up our SOC response team. We have a few other folks that are dedicated to administering our security products, and they can be called in due to the severity of the event. That's pretty much the traditional methodology you know, what we do is we collect system logs, network traffic. We send all that to a traditional seam where the Tier 1 analyst responds to an alert based on an event or some type of signature event, and we get thousands of those per day. Each event is investigated and either closed or, or escalated up to those Tier 3 folks. I'm a traditional military guy, so I apply kind of an old military fighter pilot approach to managing threats called the OODA loop. That's kind of coined by Colonel John Boyd. It's focused around observe, orient, decide, and act. And we work to close that loop on each incident, and the better we get at doing that is the quicker our response times. So this tactical methodology works, but we really have a challenge in sustaining this when we know the strategic challenges that we just talked about and what we're faced with with an overwhelming threat. So what do we do? We can continue to buy and escalate this up, as a way of defense, or we get smarter in how we operate. And that's really what I have to do from a budgetary standpoint due to our business model and and the costs and the monies that we have to put towards it. This is where we kind of automate patterns and advanced technologies to help us function better. Taking a single event out of a formula and and kind of automating that into a full attack methodology is, is where we need to go. So we can't take things from a, a serial approach anymore. We have to really think of what the attacker's doing, put it together in a methodology and responding to that. And that's where companies are going and moving towards, such as uh, JASC and what they're doing. You know, if we remove all the remedial attack profile activities that Tier 1 deals with, such as phishing, malware, SQL injections, port scans, all those, and offload the Tier 1 pretty much tea leaf reading capabilities to a team of experts that we know can build and and automate these attack profiles, then we we stand a much better chance of winning this game. And I can close the loop on my OODA loop decision process to where we're responding within seconds as opposed to minutes or hours on, on these events as they come in. 
So Mitch, in terms of the threat hunting as a service offering, how are you using that? Tell us a little bit about the sort of cyber threat hunting that you're talking about and any examples of things that you were able to kind of nip in the bud? I think the differentiator for me there is that we, from a hunting perspective, you know, we, we change kind of the status quo here. We just don't, we never get the time to do a good threat hunting or establish a threat hunting process in our environment because we're just chasing the, the blinky lights and the incidents and events. So through the automation process and machine learning, we look at those things without the human involved and it's based on a profile set that's established by industry leaders in this business, you know, guys who really understand and analyze the threat, which, you know, we don't have the talent to do. So taking that and reducing the scope of our personnel effort to focus on that, we can take the hunting basics, apply that in our environment, and allow a small team then to take it to the next level and see where that is it a hunt that we need to continue following, or is it a hunt that we can say it's a false positive and turn it off? The end result is we have a much faster response time and a much more intelligent response in how we answer those. So, Mitch, in terms of the cyber threats that are facing the healthcare sector and what you're seeing at your organization and the things that you know your analysts sort of follow and things that are popping up in your own efforts there... What are the most worrisome threats right now for you? What's keeping you up at night? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, even the best security organizations are still only able to defend against what they know. And it's what we don't know that keeps me up at night and and most of my counterparts, uh, you know, in discussions with them. So to truly know what's going on in your environment, you can't get around the need for information. And, you know, that information requires extensive logging, storage, analysis, uh, there's a whole lot of support behind that. This coupled with, uh, you know, the velocity of attacks that we see, you know, we, we really kind of need an army of defenders to, to be successful in this and to be cyber defenders. And, you know, we just can't realistically do that. So we leverage technologies to solve this problem. I mean, we just have to. So you know, that's where I look to automated skill sets or capabilities to, to augment my small team and really address these challenges. And in terms of what you're seeing, is there has there been a spike, for instance, in terms of uh, ransomware or malware, or what or what sorts of things are you finding? We're continually overwhelmed with the traditional small scale events. That, you know, they're small scale, but they lead up to large concerns, right? And that's we probably get on the average of 50 million emails a quarter. Of those, 70 percent of them we block. So they're either phishing attacks, they're botnets, their spam, you know, their whole mix of things, but we block a majority of that, and that's a big threat to us. Malware, ransomware is always on the horizon. I think another area that's of concern is the Internet of Things. So from a healthcare provider perspective, there's every single product that seems to be coming in the door providing healthcare wants technology. So it's either wireless, connected to the network, and it probably wants to connect out to a cloud environment. So each one of those devices presents a point of attack. So how do we sustain this volume, voluminous increase of technology that's coming into healthcare? We can't do that following a traditional model. That's, again, where we're challenged in looking at better ways and technologies to manage this. 
Finally, Mitch, you mentioned how you're trying to maximize the skills that you have and improve the cyber threat hunting. What's next? Anything else that you're looking at moving ahead? You know, there's other challenges outside of the Security Operations Center. You know, we have a lot of demands in the healthcare industry on regulations. So I think we have lots of pressures from government oversight and their direction and where they want to apply risk management. So we're we're coupled with not only providing good security, but that sometimes goes hand in hand, but sometimes it doesn't with what the auditors are looking for and what we need to do from a good security practice. Those are challenges that we, I think, that are on a horizon that we have to manage from the healthcare standpoint. Thanks, Mitch. I've been speaking to Mitch Thomas. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.